Hundred Love Sonnets by Pablo Neruda. simply, without problems of pride. I love you in this way, because I do not know any other way of loving but this, in which there is no I or you, so intimate, that your hand upon my chest is my hand, so intimate, that when I fall asleep, your eyes close. This is Ali Ruskash and welcome to the AR Podcast. This is the AR Podcast. AR Podcast. What is comedy? In definition, comedy would mean entertainment intended to make the audience laugh. But its definition could vary from a person to the next. For me, comedy means thinking out of the box, being creative and spontaneous at the same time, knowing what the audience wants next and staying true to your act, finding the balance and embracing the moment. Simply put, Comedy is art. Lenny Bruce, a very well-known stand-up comedian, says, Comedy is the only honest art form. You can never fake it. Maz Jobrani is an artist, a person who can do all the things that would describe comedy, and then a little bit more. He always adds his own ingredient into his act, which makes his comedy borderless. So, let's begin. Uh... Uh, okay, let me begin by saying something that I, I don't know, I don't th- really think that you know uh, how much of a hero you are in my life uh, because of the fact that like, you know, I, um, back in the day when I was in uh, high school, I lived in India and I used to go to this uh, international school and uh, because of the uh, language barrier, I, I uh, didn't really have any friends basically and I couldn't really make any friends. And uh, back in the day, I, I started uh, like you know going through some YouTube videos, and I stumbled upon your video. I think you were doing the uh, Axis of Evil tour, and uh, like you know, I started to memorize some of the lines and some of the jokes. And uh, I went to school, and I started like reacting those lines and those jokes, and I started to make friends because of that. So, and and in school, basically, people uh, like used to like call me the comedian. <laughs> basically because of that so uh yeah that this is something that uh like you know i uh forever am in your debt and it's it's crazy basically yeah. um, i appreciate you man i appreciate you and you know i'm happy to hear a story like that you know when you do whatever you do in your life 
you do it because you love doing it and hopefully if it can affect other people in a positive way then it's a win-win so i appreciate you saying that alija that's that's amazing how are you so cool uh, like you know I'm, i'm i texted you on instagram <laughs> and i'm like you know I, i never really thought that you would even uh, look at the message that i sent you and then you're so cool and you're like Let's just have a podcast. And it was, it was amazing. I appreciate you. You know, I do try to check all the messages. And, you know, now more than ever, because of the quarantine, everyone's home. A lot of people are hitting me up for interviews. And, um, and I've been saying yes. And the truth is, you know, I'm actually trying to, I'm starting to learn that I need to start saying no because of my time management. Because right now, I'm not the only one that's home. Obviously, my wife and kids are home. So constantly, you know, the kids in particular are asking me for technical support on some of their stuff or they want to go out or whatever. And so I need to be available for them as well. So I'm to manage my time with everything. But when you reached out, I said, sure, let's try it. Let's do a podcast and uh, it doesn't hurt. Okay, that's amazing. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, okay, I'm going to start by asking you a question. Uh, I really want to know, how did uh, Maz Jobrani become Maz Jobrani? Like, how did you become the comedian that we know of? Today. You know, Ali, I, uh, I fell in love with acting when I was uh, around uh, 12 years old. I, um, I was a big fan of Eddie Murphy's when I was a kid. Uh, I, I left Iran when I was six years old, moved to Northern California. So I grew up my whole life uh, in, in California. And so Eddie Murphy was on the scene. I had to be like him. Of course, my parents would say, no, you know, you need to be a lawyer, doctor, engineer, that kind of stuff. And I, I started doing musicals when I was 12, and I fell in love with being on stage, and I wanted to keep doing that. And then throughout my life, the directors or the teachers that I would take lessons with or that I, I'd be doing plays with would always tell me, they'd say, you know, you have the natural ability to do this. Because I think I just was kind of uninhibited on stage. I was having fun. Anything. You know, people in life, they find out what they love doing. Somebody might You know, remember enjoying when they dissected the frog, they decided to become a doctor. Or somebody might remember coding and becoming uh, a programmer. Well, for me, it was being on stage made me feel alive. So I just kept pushing that. And, and my teachers would kept saying, you could do it, you could do it. And my parents would say, don't do it, don't do it. And I went through several phases of things throughout my life. And it wasn't until I was in my mid-20s when I realized I can't live for my parents or for anybody else. I need to pursue what I want to pursue. And so in my mid-20s, after having done plays as a hobby, having tried stand-up comedy, all that stuff, I realized, you know what? I got to get serious. So I dove back in. I was 26 years old. I got into a sketch comedy class, uh, improv comedy class. I got into a stand-up comedy class. And then I just went from there. And it's been uh, almost 22 years that I've been going. That's amazing. Uh, okay, how much of the act that you do on stage is improvised? You know, Ali, the way I like to say it is it's, it's almost like we have stories, right? If you and I were sitting around and talking about, I don't know, getting a parking ticket or a speeding ticket or breaking up with somebody or whatever, you'd have a story, I'd have a story, we'd just tell our stories. Well, we go up on stage almost every night and tell that story. But in the middle of telling that story, something might come to our mind or something might happen in the room. A waitress might drop glasses you know um a swimmer might be sitting in the front row with a big wave of red hair well leave your story and you go talk to them for a minute and and it's like a train that's going you get off the train and you talk to them and then you get back on the train so we know our story but a lot of times we go into the audience and that and that crowd work 
causes us to then have um, interactions with them, and that becomes the uh, the improvised part of it. You know, so every so if you look at my special on Netflix, which is called Immigrant, I uh, a lot of stuff where I go to the crowd, you know, talking to them. We show there's from people from different backgrounds in the crowd, and it's um, it, it it for me it's good too because. It puts me in the moment. It makes me leave the act and go to the crowd, and it brings me into the room. So it keeps me on my toes. Uh, and I think it's w- one of those things that every time I look at a uh, stand-up comedy, and uh, he's trying to uh, basically get the audience inside his act and trying to make jokes with it, I think it's one of those things that I don't think I can ever do because you know you need your hundred percent. Uh, attention uh, and I think you're trying to come up with like you know uh, jokes at the same time I think that's something that I can never uh, like you know imagine being doing on the stage of course I think a big thing is that we um, you know we we're all wired differently so again I have friends that are doctors but if when I, I remember when we were dissecting the frog in school I was like, never, you know but they're good at that and so there's people who are good at being on a stage and 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 Part of it's being good at it. Part of it is then it's putting in the time. You know, if you saw me 20 years ago when I first started, I probably was a lot less comfortable even trying to talk to the audience because afraid. But 20 years later of getting up on stage five to 10 times a week and talking to our audience members and all that stuff elevates you to the point where you're comfortable now. Yeah, you know, we're just we're wired differently. That's all I can say. Okay. Uh, do you still get uh, stage fright? No, I get stage fright going on stage, especially if it's one of my shows or it's at a comedy club. I, you know, sometimes when you're doing what's called a corporate event, uh, where a company has hired you or some private event has hired you to come perform, and you look out in the audience and you see a bunch of people not paying attention, don't know who you are, they're eating dinner, and you're gonna have to go on stage and make them laugh. You get a little nervous because you're like, oh my god, oh my god, how am I gonna get them to pay attention? But but in terms of just like regular times of going on stage, I love going on stage. So I usually come in with a good energy. I'm comfortable. You know, if somebody talks to me, I'm ready to talk to them. I mean, it's like it's like anything. Again, it's like I, I have a cousin of mine who's a professional Muay Thai fighter and I see his videos on Instagram and it's amazing because he's so good he's so quick and his instincts are so good and I go wow he has done this you know reverse kick I don't know 10,000 times and then when he's in the ring he just does it so similarly for us we've been on stage so many times when we're on stage we just go for it you know but but like I said, sometimes you do end up in a situation where you're like, oh my God, you're a little intimidated by the by the setting. So that's the only time I ever get nervous. This is some sort of a like, you know, personal question, I guess. Uh, but have you ever bombed on stage? Because the, the thing is, I've, I've always seen you and you're always prepared and you're always coming up with those amazing jokes. These are the things that I've seen, right? But I'm, I'm pretty sure that like, you know, there must have been some times that you, maybe you thought that you bombed on stage. Absolutely. No, it happens. I mean, listen, obviously the videos you see online are the ones that are the highlights right so there's absolutely times when i bombed didn't do well early on there was more bombing there's still going to be bombing i mean that's just the nature of the game and so again we try not to take it too personally and we get on stage so many times sometimes you get on stage three nights uh three times in one night sometimes more but but if you're going to get on three times in one night you might have a bad set and you go okay forget about it let's go to the next set you know, uh, it works the other way around, too. You have sometimes a killer set, you great night, and your second set sucks. 
So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that, but, but you just, you just remember that you put in the time, you remember that you're good. I see. Okay. Uh, and I think of like, you know, I've, I've been, um, listening to so many different podcasts that are uh, basically run by comedians because I love comedy myself. And uh, every time they talk about bombing on stage, they're like, uh, that's where you learn. And it feels like, you know, when you, it feels like a mistake that you learn from. And they always embrace basically bombing on stage. And, uh, and for me, that's, that's pretty amazing because in life, we uh, basically have the same experience and we always learn from our mistakes. So it's kind of the same thing. Absolutely. Listen, man, comedy is a real good uh, metaphor for life. I mean, it's you're going to have good nights, you have bad nights, and you just stay the course. And as a matter of fact, you're right. There's times when you'll end up in a situation where whatever, there's uh, you're at a bar, people dancing over here, and there's a bartender over there, and it's too loud, and no one's going to hear you. And if you're able to be in the moment, embrace the bombing, and make fun of the situation... Sometimes you come up with something new or sometimes you make one table laugh. That's all you need. So you learn a lot when you bump. Uh, comedy for me uh, is, is very educational. Uh, like, you know, I think the, the performer always needs to be up to date. And most of the stuff that they talk about is uh, very personal. Uh, do you talk about the things about you basically on stage? Are, are those things true when you talk about it? Absolutely. I mean, listen, a lot of my material comes from my life experience right now under the quarantine i've been doing an instagram live every day four o'clock la time uh so i know it's a crazy hour in iran but it's all about whatever's going on in my life so currently there's a mouse in our house and he got in the house <laughs> right when the quarantine started so every day i update people on the mouse or our dryer broke when the quarantine started so i update on the dryer so it's all about my life and to that end i've had people reach out to me on social media and say hey you know i've got a great story or a great joke hopefully you can use it i go listen I appreciate you thinking of me, but if I haven't experienced it myself or it's not based on an article or an observation I made myself, I have a hard time selling it. You know, if I were a late night talk show host and I had to come up with new jokes every night that had to be uh, current, that's a different ball game. Then you have writers who write stuff about what happened in a day. But when it's your point of view and your life, it has to come from you. It has to come from your experiences. So, yeah, it definitely comes from my life. Uh, most of the stuff that you talk about, um, like, you know, based on the highlights that I've seen from YouTube, they're very culturally relevant to me because I'm an Iranian and I would understand everything that you're talking about. Uh, and I really believe that what you do is amazing because you are um, spreading the culture. Like, you know, you're letting everybody know what the Iranian culture really is and you're trying to make fun of it, which makes it more fun for other people to understand. Like the other night I was watching uh, one of your videos that you were talking about uh, how your granddad used to uh, flick the like you know watermelon and that's that's how, how he would choose them and for me it was really relevant at the same time I'm looking at the crowd and everybody's laughing it feels like everybody seems to be understanding what you're talking about yeah you know I think I tell people I tell comedians people that want to be comedians people that want to be writers people that want to be painters whatever I tell them do you you know find your voice be specific to you because you re you'll realize the more specific you are about yourself the more people have similar experiences. So absolutely, when I do jokes about flicking the, you know, my grandfather used to flick the watermelon to find out which watermelon was the best watermelon, I have people from India that tell me they say, had the same thing. Armenians, Arabs, Chinese, you name it, they have experienced it. Even people 
in America. You know, when you go to the South, their culture in the South is, is very similar. Their families are close, you know. So there's a lot of that stuff. And, and even with like my kids, I talk about my kids a lot in my stand up. And it's amazing because I'll do that in Australia. I did it in Singapore. I did it in Jakarta. You know, in Singapore, there was like maybe two Iranians in the audience and the rest were people from those countries. And they were laughing and getting it. Why? Because our experiences are all the same. So it's definitely an advice, a piece of advice I give people. I say, do you talk about you? And more, and you'll see people will embrace it, and a lot of people will have similar experiences and laugh with you. Uh, of course, you've had experience acting as well in, in Hollywood. Uh, I just want to ask, uh, which uh, Maz Jobrani do you prefer? The one that is on the stage uh, performing, or do you think the actor Maz Jobrani uh, is the one you prefer? I love both. I always say I want to be involved in quality projects, so I love doing stand-up comedy. It's it's like, it's it's you know I could do it every day. I love being in front of that audience. It, it puts you in a moment, like you said, where you get to interact live with people. So there's definitely a beauty of that. And then with films and acting, you know, there's some amazing projects that come your way sometimes and you read it, you go, wow, I love what this is saying. Like my movie I made, Jimmy Westwood. You know, Jimmy Westwood was my version of the Pink Panther, basically, a bumbling idiot who saves the day. The film wasn't perfect. It had its faults. But overall, it was so much fun to make. I co-wrote it with a friend of mine named Amir Hebsian, And it, I, when I was on set, I was like on cloud nine. I couldn't believe we're making the film. We raised the money ourselves. We distributed it ourselves. So, yeah, if I get a chance to be involved in projects that I'm passionate about and that are fun and make me laugh and be with other people, fantastic. If not, then I'll get on that stage and still fantastic. Uh, of course, uh, right now we're in a, a global pandemic with... Uh, the COVID-19 and um, it's it's crazy because like, you know, maybe two months ago uh, when uh, my wife and I, we started to self-quarantine, uh, we never really thought that we were going to stay in our house, in our home for the next two months. And we basically have to go out basically to buy some uh, stuff from outside. That's the only way we can actually, you know, see the outside world because it's, it's pretty, you know, I'd say, uh, dangerous to go outside. Um, how hard is it to be in a house with children and the fact that they cannot go out and i'm pretty sure it gets crazy listen it's it's you know i we love our kids we love our wives we love our boyfriends girlfriends whoever you're living with but at a certain point when you're in the same house and you know you it, obviously there's moments in, in the day where you're like ah you know so whatever that is like I just had a moment like that a minute ago because my daughter was having technical difficulties on her Zoom. My son was having technical difficulties on his Zoom. And then I was trying to fix a watch for my wife. And then this guy, the, the, the mouse guy showed up and I was trying to get the laundry. Going. I mean, it was like 10 things at once. So you're like, just give me a minute, you know. But overall, there's been a lot of sweet moments. You know, we watch movies together at night. We go for bike rides when it's not raining. And um in a way, there's a blessing in this, too. It's made us kind of slow down and, and look around and, and appreciate the, our loved ones, the people we're close with. So, and, and the air's cleaner. Um, yeah, they're positive. So, yeah, there's, there's good and bad like anything in life. And, and my hope is that, you know, in the next couple of months, we get through this and can get back to our lives. But I hope that we don't forget the lessons we learned, you know. And for Americans, I keep saying, it's like, you know, America hasn't had to go through something like this in a long time. People in war-torn countries like Syria or even places like Iran, where there's a lot of government stuff happening and everything, and every day people maybe are struggling with stuff. 
you know, it's uh, I hope Americans learn to sympathize a little bit more with people who are under tougher situations than we are in America. Uh, you talked about some of the activities that you do with your family uh, and inside the quarantine. Do you have any suggestions for for us? Uh, you know, what what do we do? Number one, a lot of people tell me have some sort of routine, like don't get so lazy and just like watch TV all day and get depressed. So have a time you get up, have a time you whatever, do whatever work it is, check in with the people you check in with. I try to make sure I exercise every day. Um, I'll go and see what the kids are up to and get them off the screen. Um, so exercise is definitely good. Have something you do that makes you feel productive and check in with people. Actually, FaceTime and stuff, uh, you know, as much as we're not in the same room, it at least is is a little it's it, there's some comfort to it. So check in with people. That's that's a good thing to do as well. You uh, immigrated to uh, America in, uh, in 1978. I, I want to know uh, from 1978 up until right now, what has been the most challenging thing that Maz Giovanni had to go through? Boy, you know, I mean, in life, life happens, right? So things happen. So I've lost some people close to me. The first person I lost that was really close was my grandfather. Uh, he lived to be uh, 98 or 100. We don't remember, we don't really know because we had lost his certificate along the way. But he was someone I learned a lot from. His name was Akbar Farzaneh. And um, he was just this very um, down-to-earth humanitarian. He was kind of like a Gandhi in our lives. So he passed away in 2003. Then in 2009, my father passed away. Uh, then in 2014, I lost my brother at a young age, at the age of 37. And then in 2017, I lost my sister uh to breast cancer she was 48 years old her name is mariam jobrani and um she was actually 47 as well uh she made a film it's called everything must change and it's available on amazon and on itunes i don't know if it's available in iran but that was definitely all that has been super hard um and my sister was one of the closest people to me so i would say that's been the hardest thing in my life but you know in life we move forward we have our loved ones our children our wives our whatever and you got to keep moving you know that's it and uh I'm, i'm pretty sure because of the image that you've been promoting for us but the fact that mazubani is always the guy who brings out the laughter who brings out the smile i think you always have to have that uh like smile on your face we sometimes depend on you and like you know your happiness gives us happiness yeah so. you know i think for me though naturally i'm i'm pretty optimistic about life i i know that life goes on i think for whatever reason you know having experienced the revolution in Iran having seen my father you know be successful and then lose all of his wealth towards the end of his life i've seen a lot in my life so i think i just try to kind of go you know one day at a time i look around me there's homeless people out there in the middle of all this pandemic and i'm going wow at least i've got a roof over my head so i count my blessings all the time and i think that helps me be pretty grounded with um, just moving on and i don't feel the pressure to be funny all the time because The truth is if you see me in a in a private setting I'm pretty chill you know but uh obviously when I'm doing my shows then uh I'll I'll be funny if I can. And uh what's next for Amaz Jobrani? Are you how are you going to surprise us next? Well, for now during the pandemic we're doing I'm doing my Instagram lives every day 4 o'clock LA time. I've got my podcast which is called Back to School with Maz Jobrani. Um I've got all my YouTube clips and my Netflix special. That's all available anyone who's watching it around the world can watch those. 
uh, and then from there, just uh, trying to develop stuff and, and hopefully release some other stuff that will help people get through this pandemic. Um, maybe another comedy special might come out soon. Uh, maybe another uh, show I might put on online and um, just getting through it, you know, getting through it like everybody else. I'm telling people, keep your distance, stay home. Let's get through this. Uh, well, uh, thank you so much. Uh, I think that's it. And uh, uh, the, the fact that you gave me the chance to uh, just sit down and talk to you, it's, it's incredible. And uh, I, I really hope, uh, like, you know, in life, you meet somebody that gives you, like, you know, the same chance that you've given me today. And uh, thank you, it's, been, it's been amazing. I appreciate you, my man. You stay good, be healthy, and, uh, and say hello to all the friends in Iran. This episode was sponsored by Ordibesh Pastry. They have the most amazing cakes and cookies. Once you taste their deliciousness, you can never go back. You can find them on Instagram at Ordibesh Pastry. This has been Ali Ruskash, the host of the AR Podcast. This was the AR Podcast. AR Podcast.